Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental or emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he's gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as he or she personally chooses, while accepting full responsibility for his or her own individual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Do you hear that? That is Orson, uh, jealously, (laughs) trying to get a toy away from the big captain, Bradbury, my other dog, who is uh, chewing on a bone that Orson is just uh, pining for, so that's why, that's why they're having that, that conversation. Orson wants the toy, but he's just not brave enough to go and actually take it from Bradbury. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to The Last Symptom Podcast. I'm the host and creator of The Last Symptom, Brian Barnett. I'm glad to have you here, so thanks for stopping by. It's been a few weeks since I've hosted this show in its regular format. For about, oh, four weeks there, we had the pleasure of listening to various folks who are taking The Last Symptom Fundamentals course which is an intensive course, about three hours a day for 10 days, or, you know, however you choose to pace yourself, being that it's a pre-recorded visual presentation. The course is meant to lay down a solid foundation of insights for you that can truly change your life and give you a tremendous leg up in your efforts to recover authentically and permanently from borderline personality disorder, I say that it is a uh, far superior replacement to programs like DBT. The course is comprised of various insights that I myself had to have in my own experience from authentically recovering from borderline personality disorder, and I leave nothing out. Anyway, I want to thank those who participated in those episodes of this show. If you're interested in the last symptom fundamentals course for yourself, or perhaps for somebody else, you can enroll at thelastsymptom.com. Thelastsymptom.com is my base of operations. That's my website full of free resources, just a couple of paid resources, and the place you can go if you've got a hankering to support my overall body of work with a donation. That's thelastsymptom.com. And let me take this moment to... Truly thank those of you who have taken advantage of the uh, opportunity to donate to support my work. I really appreciate it. News of the World, a movie western starring Tom Hanks, comes out today or tomorrow. Uh, And when I say that, I don't mean at the theaters. I mean that uh, available for streaming. So that's probably on my agenda this weekend. But before I watch it, I'm going to watch The Searchers with John Wayne. I've read 
that the Tom Hanks version is just a remake of the John Wayne classic. So, some big boots there to fill. I'm interested in seeing how Hanks pulls it off. I've read conflicting opinions about how he does. Some say, think that he's just playing Tom Hanks, and others say it was a great movie. So, we'll see. Today, as Walden, my cat, was nuzzling up against me, it occurred to me that I haven't talked about him lately. Do you remember my cat, Walden? He's the one I picked up outside of a pizza place one drizzly winter night a couple years ago. And then I apparently had some stray cats who were in heat around my house because there were several episodes of this show where you had to listen to him crying out in agony for sex that he wasn't getting. If you'll remember, I had an appointment to get him fixed back in those days, and it took weeks for them to see him and do the work on him. And in the meantime, the, <laughs> the female cats outside my house, the, the stray cats, were just driving him bonkers. Well, Walden has just turned out to be one of the best cats I have ever known, and I'm just so glad that I brought him home with me that night. Let me remind you that my thoughts at that time were, I'm going to bend over to pet this cat, and he's just going to scurry away. And that'll be the end of that. But instead, when I bent over to pet him, he, he pushed himself right up into my hand. So, I've always recognized some special quality about this cat, and as time has gone on, those special qualities have just become more and more apparent to me. When I have visitors, Walden will actually go to the person, get up on a table or the counter or the trash can, grab their hand with his paws, and pet himself. <laughs> Notice what I'm telling you. He will pet himself with their hand. You probably think I'm exaggerating that, but I absolutely am not. That is exactly what he does. Have you ever in your life met a cat like that before? Well, I had not until I met Walden and brought him into my life. He has such a lovable personality, and he's always wanting to be right in the middle of the action. When I'm playing with my dogs and they're getting all rowdy, he just loves to be around other people and other living things. And often, I'll watch him staring out the window and I will wonder what sorts of experiences and adventures he must have had in the year before I met him while he was astray and just what what life was like for him while our two paths were playing out in the way that they did and uh, as he's staring out the window I'll wonder about what he's thinking about as he's staring out there one thing I never told you folks is that in one of the episodes of this show back then when you could hear Walden crying out in the background for sex I was laughing on one of those shows about the predicament that the poor boy was in having no outlet for his, or for his uh, urges and I made a comment about him wanting to get out there and chase some of those pussies well you wouldn't believe the supposedly grown mature adults who wrote to me complaining that I used the word pussy 
even though, even though I was talking about pussy cats. I'll tell you, some people are just walking around looking for reasons to be offended, aren't they? Well, I didn't make up the name Pussycats. So those people who are so upset that pussy exists in the name of this particular animal need to take it up with, I don't know who, God, uh, Webster's Dictionary, how about this? Anybody else but me. So anyway, Walden is doing really well, and I love him to death. I just felt like he deserved some much overdue love and attention here on the show. Today, we're going to talk about the things that you should never say to somebody with borderline personality disorder. And as a person who authentically recovered from from borderline personality disorder over the course of about eh, seven years, give or take, after a major crisis caused me to first recognize that I had a disorder and then to do the work to understand the, the disorder inside and out in the interest of ridding myself of it permanently, I'm particularly qualified to answer this question. Even over many of the book-smart intellectuals that will be more than happy to discuss this subject with you. But because I've had this personal experience, you know, I've both been on one side of it uh, dealing with the disorder. In fact, I've been on one side of it not even knowing I had the disorder. Then I was on that side of it, dealing with the disorder. Then I had to figure out how to get rid of it and do the things required for that. And now I've been living for years without it. So I do have a much more comprehensive personal relationship with this disorder and authentic recovery than most people you're ever going to talk to. So... This is going to be an interesting discussion because this ain't going to go the way many people are expecting. Here are the things you should never, ever say to a person with borderline personality disorder. Number one, borderline personality disorder is a mental illness. Number two, Borderline personality disorder is a mental health issue. Number three, borderline personality disorder is quote-unquote genetic. Number four, you know, your trouble involves managing emotions. Number five, what you need to do is learn coping strategies. Yeah, coping strategies. Number six, DBT is the solution to borderline personality disorder. Number seven, you have a sensitive personality, which is why you developed borderline personality disorder. Number eight, borderline personality disorder has quote-unquote multiple possible causes. Number nine, is it? Your parents seem to be emotionally healthy, and I'm sure they did the best they could. Uh, Number ten, the term triggers in any conversation at all, as if triggers are a real thing. 
they aren't. People are self-contained machines, and we ourselves generate our own feelings within ourselves. There is no such thing as external forces being able to generate your feelings and behaviors for you. And number 11, you know, think about the benefits of having borderline personality disorder, like your amazing empathy, right? Or your great artistic skill. So there it is. There's uh, the short list of things you should never to say to somebody with borderline personality disorder. The reason you should never say any of these things to people with borderline personality disorder is because all of that, everything in that list, is bullshit. They are lies that prevent people from ever freeing themselves from the disorder authentically. Now, before I back up these claims with brief explanations, did anything about this list particularly stand out to you? How about the fact that all of these things are what the psychological professional community as a group tells people with borderline personality disorder every day and has been telling them every day for years? That's right. The psychological professional community as a group now notice I'm not talk I'm not attacking every single member of that group, but as a group, uh, the professional community is not a friend. They have proven not to be friends of people with borderline personality disorder. These faux intellectual charlatans, and a lot of people balk at this, but I, I'm telling you the truth. That this is just. This is the reality. These charlatans build gruesome amounts of wealth off the backs of people who are truly suffering and often can't really afford the prices that they're asked to pay. But the sufferers are desperate, and so they pay it, don't they? But then these experts seem to feel no embarrassment whatsoever in flaunting this tainted wealth by living in large homes, driving around in luxury SUVs, going on extravagant vacations, hobnobbing with society's elite, selling books, building great followers on Quora and YouTube, and enjoying recognition while not having authentically helped a single person. Now notice that it's not the charging a fair wage for honest work that I take issue with. The issue is that the work is not honest. The information they provide is not accurate. And perhaps the most egregious thing is that the information, this misinformation that they provide people does more than just not help. It, in fact, actively works against people's efforts to get better. So, what do these people provide their clients in return for the thousands of dollars that they receive from those in search of answers? 
Well, they provide them an enormous, never-ending misinformation campaign. Great loads of bullshit that, again, actively prevent suffering people from ever escaping enslavement to a disorder that is entirely fixable. To top it all off, when I provide accurate corrections to all of this bullshit through my work here with The Last Symptom, so that people might be exposed to the truth and have an opportunity to genuinely get better and enjoy happier, healthier lives, do you suppose the professional community happily makes adjustments to correct these falsehoods? Some do but most do not. A great many of these experts, you know, I use air quotes for that, these experts in emotional health, instead lash out at me in anger. They call into question my intentions and they cling even harder to their misinformation. And their followers also do the same and even accuse me of being the one who is angry. Now here's the irony in this. The people who are keeping them from getting healthy, their clients jump to defend, jump to defend, and will get really angry and lash out at me because I dare say something that could help them. Well, I'm not angry, you see. Stating truths plainly, without softening, is not proof that somebody is angry. And the ability to mind read other people's intentions is not a real thing. Healthy people know this. Only unhealthy people live in a way where they believe that they can truly read the thoughts and intentions and motivations of another person. So the experts who lash out at me, you know, those in the professional community who lash out at me, it's just so mind-boggling that these are these are people sitting down with you and teaching you how to be emotionally healthy supposedly these are the same people that lash out at me and provide no reasons why why the things I'm saying why they think the things I'm saying are incorrect they never provide the reasons you know a coherent argument for why the things I'm saying are not real. Uh, Instead, it becomes this emotional lashing out. And these are the people sitting you down on their couches. So it'd be enough to make you laugh, except for the fact that everything, and I mean everything I just said, is completely true. So let's re-examine the previous list of things you should never ever say to a person with borderline personality disorder which the professional community does every single day and we'll talk about the reason why these things are inaccurate lies first of all borderline personality disorder is an emotional disorder not a mental illness A mental illness, by its very terminology, means that somebody's brain is malfunctioning. Now, borderline personality disorder in itself has nothing whatsoever to do with your brain 
malfunctioning. If you are simply living with borderline personality disorder, your brain is functioning precisely the way it's supposed to function. Now, the reason why I say if you're simply living with borderline personality disorder is because I don't know what other issues you might be dealing with. You might have a mental illness, but uh, your borderline personality disorder is not a result of it. You know, I have an ingrown toenail and I have a migraine headache. The two things are not related. So that's why I say if you are simply living with borderline personality disorder, in other words, if that's the only issue you're dealing with, then your brain's functioning precisely the way it is supposed to function. So, not a mental illness. Now, emotional disorder, on the other hand, is merely the natural disharmonious results that occur from a person approaching life with an inaccurate, inappropriate understanding about it. So, people who have emotional disorders live with these unhealthy understandings because they were taught them not because they're crazy not because they're mentally ill it's absolutely no different than being taught to play the piano incorrectly and then you go on to play the piano and the sound is horrible do you understand that you're playing the piano exactly the way you were taught your problems you know, the problems with the way the music is turning out have absolutely nothing to do with your brain acting up. You are playing precisely the way you were taught. According to the professional community, everything is a mental health issue, isn't it? Everything's mental health. That's right. Everybody's crazy. If you're stressed at work, you're crazy. If you're sad after somebody you love dies, it's because you're crazy. If you lose your job and you're feeling a little down about it, well, you're crazy. The reality is that very few things in this world can truly be attributed to mental health. The nature of almost everything everybody in the world is dealing with involves emotional health not mental health and the irony of this is that emotional health issues are frequently rooted in subtle misunderstandings about what about the very nature of fundamental aspects of life. So what does the professional community do to help people suffering from these subtle misunderstandings about the nature of fundamental aspects of life? What do they do? They perpetuate and promote subtly improper false notions about the very nature of what it is people are truly dealing with. Again, if what I'm telling you weren't completely true, it would make for such a great long belly laugh. By far, the vast majority of issues people are dealing with in today's modern world are emotional in nature, not mental. I happen to know of authors on Quora 
and elsewhere who are perfectly aware of this truth. And yet they still prefer to cling to and continue perpetuating the lie. Why? Well, for one thing, they lack insight. They don't understand how these subtle things uh, create a barrier to people truly understanding what they need to understand in order to truly get better. But also, it seems like their primary interest is in the appearance of intellectualism, the acceptance of colleagues and peers, you know, not having the courage to rock the boat, wanting to be part of the club, really, rather than in genuinely helping those suffering to completely and authentically understand the nuances of these issues that they're dealing with and to truly get healthy. So, uh, these frauds are really engaged in a shameful activity. Borderline personality disorder is inherited. It's not genetic. Do you know what else you've inherited? Your culture, for one thing. You know, my love of fried green tomatoes and bluegrass music wasn't genetically passed on to me. They were learned, and they were emotionally embraced. Again, the professional community as a group never fails to disappoint. At the root of borderline personality disorder (laughs) is, again, one's unhealthy, inaccurate, underlying perceptions about the inherent nature of what? Of feelings, self, and life. So, what does the professional community, this, this body of quote-unquote experts in emotional health, what do they do to help in response to this? Well, they pile on even more lies about what the inherent nature of yourself is by trying to convince you that the issues you're dealing with are a genetic aspect of what makes you, you. The false suggestion from this being that you were just born that way. See, they're communicating the message to you that the issues you're struggling with are such an integral part of what makes you, you, that they are literally interwoven into your genes. Well, this is a complete and utter lie told again by faux intellectuals who are completely devoid of insight. Now, there may be markers that genetic scientists can observe when analyzing your genes in a lab, but this is nothing more than misdirection. It's a, it's a big, fat decoy duck that fools people who aren't very bright but believe that they are. Why, why do I say that? Because our experiences can alter our genes. Do you know what it means that our experiences can alter our genes? It means that the experiences that you had, which led to borderline personality disorder, is what the scientists are seeing in their microscope. You weren't born that way. But the fact that our experiences can alter our genes also means that the scientific studies are worthless for any practical issues related to your recovery. Why is that? Because our experiences can alter our genes. 
if you sit and think about what that means, yeah, it's, it's going to give you a mind blow. This doesn't only work in one direction, folks. You have lots of experiences left to experience. And guess what? You are in total control over the decisions you want to make and the direction you want to steer your life in. Whatever your genes have to say is completely irrelevant. The only people talking about genes in this context are those who are truly, utterly devoid of real intelligence or insight. You talk about missing the forest for all the trees. These people take the cake. If you're so pointlessly concerned about what your genes look like under a microscope, do the work to address the real underlying causes of borderline personality disorder, and guess what? Your genes will reflect it. So get to work. Don't let the lies and misdirection of these charlatans rob you of interest and enthusiasm in working to rid yourself of this disorder in an authentic and permanent way. Your trouble is not in your inability to manage emotions. I don't care what anybody has ever told you. I don't care what you've ever read. And I don't care the authority with which those people said it. Your trouble is not in your inability to manage emotions. It's another lie perpetuated by those who have no excuse for not knowing better. Here's the truth. Managing emotions is not a capability that any human beings possess. That's correct. Managing emotions is not a capability that human beings possess. Feeling is not something that we as human beings do. Rather, it's something we experience. So what does this mean in practical terms? It means that nobody is walking around controlling what they feel nor the intensities in which they feel it. The healthiest people on the planet, I myself, do not possess the capacity to choose what I feel and how I feel it. When you observe a person who seems to always be perfectly composed and never gets rattled, what you are seeing is a person managing his or her thoughts and behaviors, not his or her feelings. Do you remember earlier when I told you that emotional disorder is the naturally occurring result of living with misperceptions about the nature of feelings, self, and life? Well, this is just one instance of many where this is true. The false belief, the totally erroneous belief, that's not rooted in reality at all, that as people, we can and should control what and how we feel. We can't, and the true nature of feelings is such that they cannot ever be classified as good or bad, right or wrong. Once again, what does the professional community as a group do to quote-unquote help 
in response to people's erroneous understanding about feelings. Well, they tell you that you need to learn to manage them, don't they? In other words, they completely lie to you about the very nature of what feelings are and what your feelings are doing and why they're doing it. Borderline personality disorder does not involve your feelings behave in any way whatsoever differently than the feelings of anybody else. Now, this may be hard for you to truly grasp at this point because you say, you know, I feel such intense things and I don't see other people feeling such intense things. But as you progress in your learning, you'll begin to understand. But for now, let me illustrate it this way. Imagine that I live with the perspective, all right, that all dogs are extremely dangerous. And I can use a dog illustration here right now because my neighbor dog is barking and interrupting my my show here, but you might be able to hear him. So I live with the perspective that all dogs are extremely dangerous. Now imagine that one day I'm taking a walk and I look down and I see a big old dog walking right along next to my leg. Can you imagine that? I'm just walking along, beautiful day, just lost in my thoughts, and I look down and there's the biggest dog I've ever seen just walking alongside my leg. Now remember what my perspective is that I live with, that all dogs are extremely dangerous. Now can you imagine the feelings I would immediately experience when I look down and see that dog? Do you see that it's the perspectives I live with that give rise to the intense feelings I experience in that moment? But now what if I live with the uh, perspective that all dogs are extremely lovable and I have nothing to worry about from any of them? Now I'm walking along and I look down and there's that big old dog. What has happened to my feelings? Do, do I feel the intense fear upon looking down and seeing the dog? I don't. Well, what, what's, what was different? The difference is the perspectives that I live with. You see that? The reason I say that your feelings are not behaving any differently or more intensely than anybody else's feelings is because the reality is that anybody, absolutely anybody, living with the same perspectives that you do toward life would experience similar feelings in similar intensities in similar situations. Your feelings are not in any way to blame for the issues you are dealing with if you have an emotional disorder like borderline personality disorder. Rather, it's the misperceptions you live with that is at the root of all of that stuff. Correcting the learned misperceptions you live with will cause your feelings, as well as their intensities, to naturally adjust. In turn, why is that? It's because you will naturally interpret different experiences and circumstances differently. Borderline personality disorder is entirely curable. Do you know what one of the greatest things working against your recovery is? It's the misinformation and lies 
of people in elevated, trusted positions of authority and esteem. The psychological professional community. And you'll have noticed that I've made it a point to criticize them as a group. And the reason for this is that within that group, there are many, many insightful members that are truly helpful. I myself have members of the professional community to thank for the early insights that I achieved that brought me to uh, uh, authentic recovery eventually. You know, I had to do a lot of my work and um, and I had to continue building off of those insights. But, but yeah, in the beginning, I have a couple of very insightful members of the professional community to thank for that. So there are many insightful members of the professional community, but it is a, as a group that they not only fail society, but you know, this is the kicker. They actually actively contribute to keeping people unhealthy. When the professional community suggests that you learn coping skills, do you know what that means? It means that they're content with having you continue living with a disorder for the rest of your life that there's absolutely no reason for you to continue living with and they think you should be content with this too. DBT stands for Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. In other words, therapy for your behaviors. Do you know where your behaviors fit into borderline personality disorder? Well, let's ask it this way. Are your behaviors the underlying cause of anything? No. Your behaviors are merely symptoms of the underlying causes. Now, I hope you understand that nobody ever fixed a problem by simply focusing on and addressing symptoms of a problem. So I use this illustration all the time. Those who have been listening to me for a while will recognize it. Aspirin can make your headache feel better if you have a brain tumor. But the aspirin doesn't do anything to address the brain tumor. DBT is not the solution for anything. It's an elaborate, expensive, time-consuming aspirin. How about your sensitivity? Do you understand that being sensitive isn't something people aren't supposed to be? And do you also understand that having a sensitive personality doesn't suddenly mean that your parents' emotional neglect and abuse wasn't abuse? Or that their abuse was somehow less unacceptable? Your sensitivity is not to blame for your borderline personality disorder because it's not something you weren't supposed to be. Borderline personality disorder does not have multiple possible causes. There's one cause for it, and this cause is true for every single person with the disorder. One's failure to recognize this in their own case is evidence of what? It's just evidence of their failure to recognize it. That's all. The reason the professional community likes to make the claim that there are multiple possible causes is because they lack any true insight on the subject and they don't want to back themselves into a corner. You see, if you throw out 10 explanations for a thing 
And later it's shown that one of those ten explanations was accurate, and the other nine explanations were bullshit. You weren't ever technically wrong, were you? The multiple possible causes claim is merely more evidence of strategic incompetence. How about your parents? Did they do the best they could? They did not. But your parents, your parents did what they did, but they did not do the best they could have done. If they had done the best they could have done, you wouldn't be living with an emotional disorder right now. You, you know, if you hired me as a carpenter to build a house for you, and the house I end up building is so disorganized and shoddy that it's leaning heavily to one side and it ends up collapsing three days after you move in, you don't shrug your shoulders and say, well, he did the best he could have done. The reality is that the reasons for my ignorance as a carpenter are irrelevant. In fact, every possible explanation for why I didn't do better is irrelevant. You know why? Because I could have done better if I had only cared more. And the reality is that I was responsible for doing better. That's what you were paying me for. If there were things I didn't understand about building houses when I accepted that job, it was my responsibility to go out and do some research, ask for help, whatever it takes to build you the house you're paying for properly. I simply had to care more. If you're living with an emotional disorder, your parents didn't do the best they could have done. How about the concept of triggers? <clears throat> Boy, that's a popular one, ain't it? I hear people all the time talking about triggers. Oh, that triggered me. That triggered me. Oh, that's a trigger for me. Where do they learn this? They learn it from the professional community. The professional community embraces and perpetuates this lie. But triggers are bullshit. There's no such thing as triggers. That is to say, external things that have power to generate the feelings and thoughts inside of you and ultimately your behaviors. So, what's really happening then? What's really happening is that you yourself are generating your own feelings and thoughts within yourself and you yourself are making choices to behave the way you do. This is the truth about the nature of what it is you are really experiencing. So the false concepts of triggers that the professional community promotes is a flat-out lie. And as long as you continue to believe these charlatans and to believe that external things can be responsible for generating the feelings you feel, the thoughts you think, and the behaviors you act out, guess what? You will continue being a slave to your environment. What's the secret to being able to take the driver's seat instead? Recognizing that you yourself are generating those feelings. That you're generating your own thoughts. That you're choosing your behaviors. Then, then you become powerful. You regain control. 
Emotional disorder, such as borderline personality disorder, doesn't grant people anything positive like empathy superpowers or artistic skill. If you have artistic skill, that that's you. That's a credit to you, not to the borderline personality disorder. Emotional disorder only contributes negatively to one's life, never positively. Borderline personality disorder makes things like authentic empathy impossible. And if a person rebels at that thought, it, it simply means they don't understand the very nature of what borderline personality disorder is, the, the root causes of what it is. It makes authentic love impossible. Now, those who angrily and reflexively um, lash out at me when I tell them this, do so out of ignorance and denial. They believe things like empathy and love are feelings. Well, they're not just feelings. I'm sorry you were taught that, but you were taught incorrectly. In other words, what you feel, just what you feel, is not what determines if you truly are experiencing genuine love or genuine empathy. Empathy and love are qualities, and as such, they have to meet concrete qualifications and conditions. Honesty, you know, is a quality, and it don't matter one iota how honest I feel. If I am not meeting the concrete qualifications and conditions that honesty inherently requires in order to be applied to me or to, you know, for me to be described that way. Furthermore, empathy is a quality that all healthy people naturally experience. Do you understand that? If you're healthy, you have the ability to empathize. The two things are inseparable. So it's simply a naturally occurring result of being healthy. So is it possible then, or even rational, to believe that uh, you could take this natural quality that emotional health requires and that all people are meant to experience and do experience when they're healthy, but then turn around and say, well, there's this select group of unhealthy people who are in this elite class of being empaths? No, there is no such thing as empaths in the real world. There's unhealthy people who feel things strongly. That's not empathy. So those who consider themselves as empaths do so because they take comfort in believing something about themselves that makes them feel good about themselves. But this is not the reasoning of healthy, insightful people. It's only the reasoning of unhealthy, ignorant people who are in denial. If they ever want to experience genuine empathy, and they don't even know what that is because they've never experienced it, but if they ever do want to experience the genuine thing, as opposed to this inferior, artificial, imaginary, unhealthy kind that they currently experience, they must do the work to rid themselves of emotional disorder authentically. So, you know, I could, uh, I could do a 10-hour show just on the empathy topic alone. From experience, I already know that what I've said about empathy will receive furious reaction. 
And in fact, it's a topic that's useful for me in my work for sorting out those who are genuinely interested in authentically recovering from borderline personality disorder from those who are not genuine, who simply prefer to have the things they want to believe confirmed. And one last thing that I'll say about DBT. If you're still living with borderline personality disorder, resist the urge to write to me about how great DBT is. Because if you don't understand how absurd that assertion is, given the context, I don't know what to say to you. DBT did not cure you of borderline personality disorder. Therefore, my point remains, and you have helped confirm its truthfulness, that DBT is not a solution to anything whatsoever. It's a hot bath. You take it, you feel a little bit better, but your underlying issues remain. In fact, I talked to a girl uh, a couple months back. She was going into DBT for the fourth time. May I suggest raising your standards? Nothing. Nothing that merely addresses the symptoms of borderline personality disorder is the solution for anything whatsoever. I don't care how much you think it helped. It helped you do what? Be content continuing to live with the underlying causes of borderline personality disorder? Does that sound great to you? Anybody who's content with DBT is is so because they don't know anything better and that's all there is to it. It's ignorance. And I don't say that with any intent to offend anybody. I say it because it's true. You don't know what you don't know. So the inferior thing, the thing that has done nothing to authentically address your problems, seems pretty great to you. But you really are listening to somebody here who once had borderline personality disorder and now really does not. So what are you going to be able to tell me about these inferior artificial approaches that's going to impress me? You are still living with an emotional disorder and I am not. So I have the advantage here whether you are happy about it or not. You can remain content with uh, all of these artificial approaches, artificial experts, and false, though admittedly popular, concepts, or do the wiser thing and try to learn from me how I rid myself of the disorder for real. Do you understand that this is the help I'm trying to offer you and everybody? But those of you who aren't interested in this because of pride, suspicion, or cynicism it's very sad but it's your life and that's up to you and I won't lose any sleep over it uh, one last thing I'll say today about critics is that uh, I would just like you to take a note just take a note anytime you come across any critics of the last symptom take a note uh, that they focus on me. So think about all the topics we've discussed here today. Do they focus on those topics and on the information within there? Uh, 
No, they don't. They focus on me. You'll notice this every time. And they focus on the intentions that these critic critics imagine for me. This is called mind reading. And only emotionally unhealthy pe people believe that they possess this ability. So they attack me and my imagined intentions, which they truly believe. They have the power to determine, even though they have no access to my inner thoughts or feelings. And they do this while never trying to specifically refute with rational, uh, well-formed arguments any of the points themselves that I make. Another thing you will see is sarcasm. People who believe sarcasm is the same thing as a coherent argument. Do you understand what I'm saying? So instead of saying, no, I disagree with the spe specific point you made because of such and such, and they uh, you know, really detail this really cohesive, well-thought-out argument, they instead say things like, oh, well, clearly you're just too smart for little old me. I couldn't possibly ever rise to your intellect. You see, that's somebody who believes sarcasm and presenting a coherent case are the same thing, or that one is a valid replacement for the other. But what does it not do? It does not address the points that I have presented. And then, do you know what I see when I go check out what the sarcastic asshole does for a living? Psychologist or therapist or counselor these are the people sitting down with you sitting you down on their couches and teaching you how to be emotionally healthy isn't that nice well there's a reason why these individuals don't build a coherent case and address the points in my work it's because everything I tell you in regards to borderline personality disorder and recovery is true and they have no valid arguments for disagreeing with it. It's all emotional reflex. Sort of obvious, ain't it? Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Folks, that's the show for this week. We've got some really good stuff coming up in the weeks to come, so keep coming back. Do something nice for yourselves this weekend, and I'll see you back here next week. This is Brian Barnett. Thanks for uh, spending a an hour or so with me here this week. I appreciate it.